Happy Hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy Hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network, itsneworleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you. Because that's New Orleans and this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common, probably never a true word was spoken. Other than we're all New Orleanians in a bar, today we're at the fabulous Wayfair on Fret Street, which is a couple of blocks down from Napoleon Avenue, heading toward Jefferson. There are no roadworks here. You can park anywhere you want. It's a fabulous bar. Yeah, they have food that's half price and drinks that are half price for three hours every day, handily from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. And if you take a look around, Asher can move the camera around the whole bar. You'll see there's not a solitary person in here. <laughs> not one. Because it's the middle of summer. Well, it's not even the middle of summer. It's the beginning of summer. Except those of us sitting around here about to entertain you and ourselves for the next 60 minutes on Happy Hour. And I'm joined by a very eclectic bunch of people today. The fabulous John Lisi is back from John Lisi and Delta Funk, who's making his own. Hey, 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 hey. What appearance. Right. Back on the show. Third, fourth. Third, yeah. Third time. Holy back. shit. How you like that? We're looking forward to hearing from you. How have you been? You have your beautiful Dobro in your hand. Yeah, I've been great, man. Doing great. You look good. Thanks. You right look y- you. younger than ever. Hey, man. I keep getting younger as I drink what, more. What's the <laughs> secret is alcohol. And then yeah. to my right is John Abear. Have I pronounced that correctly? Yes, you did, sir. It's John. Yes. I thought so. Abear, I know, because it's spelled the Cajun way. Are you Cajun, actually? Yes. Uh, my dad was uh, David Abear from Homa. And, like, my grandfather got kicked out of elementary school because he refused to speak English. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. What did he? What was he speaking? He only spoke Cajun uh, French. Yeah, only spoke Cajun French. I took four semesters of French at LSU so I could speak it to my grandfather, and he turned around and looked at my dad and goes, "Is that what you send him to that fancy college school for to speak that fancy French?" <laughs> he was a tough old ba- guy, you know. I loved him, what, but he was a tough old bastard. What did he do? Was he a shrimper or something? He was. He was actually a riverboat pilot and a shrimper and all that. Wow, he's the real thing. Oh yeah, he was almost like a, a, a stereotype. Pretty is, much. Is okay. your family tied into Bobby Aber's family? We used to joke that that was a cousin, and then my grandfather met his dad, and we are first cousins. No shit. Yeah, so we are oh, related to cousin Bobby. Good question, John. <laughs> Bobby Aber, the Cajun Canon, is your first cousin. <laughs> He's We're his dad and my grandfather are first cousins. So. Really? Yeah. Can, do you have his phone number on you? That, <laughs> no, I don't. Because he's probably on WWL right now. We could call him. Yeah, let's call show. him. Yeah. Right. Let's, let's, let's bitch about Saints draft picks. <laughs> yeah, let's but do that. But if you, if you call him and say, I got an A-Bear here, he might be like, no fucking way. <laughs> All right, okay. Do you ever hang out with him? No. I've met him once, but I didn't get into all that. You're not invited to the <laughs> family crawfish boil. And where believe does he it, even live? In believe it or not, now, Bear is considered the most prominent Cajun name in South Louisiana. Is that right? Yeah. Behind Gidry, ahead of Gidry. And ahead of Gidry and Robichaux and Thibodeau. And I'm actually related to some Robichaux and Thibodeaux through marriage. Right. Bergeron's got to met- be up there. Who? Bergeron's got to be Bergeron? up there, too. That's got to be right. up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you heard my jersey. I said burger on first. Did you really? Yeah, no, I, I had was, to fix myself. Yeah, really, yeah. that's bad. <laughs> Are you married to anybody, John? No, I'm not. And yet you're the king of love. Yeah, trying to be. Yeah. You see his T-shirt? Self-love. Have you seen Idy? Come on. This is, this is Idy Kansas who's here Hi. as well. Hi, Idy. And Idy is spelled A-I-D-I. Uh, yes. Now, is that your real name? It is. It is. And what about Kansas? That 
is also That's my your ring very, kicks ass. I know, oh, thanks. Wow. I know. So you've never actually been Miss Kansas? No. You're only no, Mrs. No. Kansas. I am a Mrs. Kansas, yes. And where does Mr. Kansas come from? Is he from here? He's from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. That's such an unusual name. It is. It is. Uh, it's got Russian roots, and I think they uh, abbreviated it or chopped it off when they came to Ellis Island. It was originally Kansas Shinsky or something? Probably, yeah. yeah you don't yeah. know what it was, though, for real? I mean, I've, ha- I've been in the conversation. I've walked around. I've heard them, you know, talk about the, the last name. But and you've been I don't paying re- attention. Well, no, now you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> that is pretty bad. How long have you been married for? A long time. How long? Oh, my God. Another spot. Uh, 20, 24 years. 24 wow. years. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. And so you're like a part of the Kansas family oh, now. Oh, I am. And yet I you've am. never really paid attention to where I they did. come from. I did. I paid attention. It was like it's conscious or something. I'm like, conscious? Hey, hold on. <laughs> okay. That's all about my work. That's what you do. Uh-huh. So, Ada, you were a, you painted pet portraits originally. I did. And I then did. you gave all that up to concentrate on... Well, what happened was I was a painter, and over 18 years, the you know use of my hand, uh, wear and tear, just took over, and I was having so many problems. I had major surgery on my wrist. I had a shredded ligament and a bone separation, and it was just getting really hard to paint. And so at that time, my mom was diagnosed with ALS, and I was struggling with, you know, just dealing with that and taking care of her. And, um, you know, the, the, the level of my intuition, everything kind of got, you know, more intense as, as my mom's illness progressed. And um, why, I just... Why would that be? What's the connection? Um, I think when you are presented with a thing in your family, uh, an illness or something major is about to go down in your life, um, you can either process it, you can look to religion, you can look to yourself, your friends, your family, but it does... It it can change you forever. And for me, uh, because my mom and I were so spiritual, um, you know, what it did was it unleashed my sixth sense. Talking of which, you just made Andrew Duhon manifest. (laughs) I can do that. that? That's a good job, Heidi. Andrew, this is Heidi Kansas. Hey, Heidi. Hi. Good. Nice to meet you. And this is John Abert. Hey, John. This is Andrew Duhon. Good to meet you. And you know John Lisi. Good to see you, brother. Andrew, where have you been that you're so late? What happened? I was on the other side of town, and you know, he was saving lives. A couple of train tracks and yeah. Yeah, maybe a raging <laughs> river to cross. You, you know? look good, though, with your hair all messed up and everything. Thanks. I got, a, I got a, uh, a Colorado camping cheek beard right now going on. You see that? It's nice, huh? Yeah, looks good. <laughs> yeah, thanks, dude. You look, you look healthy. Everyone thanks. looks very healthy today. Okay. Maybe my, As do you, maybe man. Maybe my eyesight's all fucked up or something. <laughs> so, Andrew, we were just talking about the connection between ALS and intuition. Hey, it's what have you got? Oil. Oh, nice. Um, so I have a client who makes beard oils. Beard oils? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just happy to have that in your... Do you have yeah. another client that makes THC oil? Just in case, <laughs> let me know. Well, no, no. It's actually... Um, I like the scent. Um, so I, I usually wear it when oh, I need yeah. to do... Yeah, it's nice. What, what did you call that scent? What I got that? a beard. It's called Lady Love. Can we, can we apply it? Can John Lady Yeah, you can. Yeah. Everyone. I see... No, every, you got Whoa. a little something. That's yeah, it's nice. Smell. It smells good. Yeah. Well, wait, how would you describe the smell before I... Good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it is. It's, it's nice, fresh, huh? Fresh right, smell. Right, right. Very nice. And so where do you put that? On your neck and your wrist? So, you know, I just, I, I yeah. <laughs> mm. Quite good. refreshing. John Everywhere. Likes it. Everywhere. And so what, what is I'm this? I'm even taking a draw. So what huh? does this guy do? 
He makes this beat. Well, okay, so um, he's in prison, and <laughs> yes. Let's stop no, no, there. no, yeah, but we got but a whole hour to kill on that. <laughs> Let's see what happened. I have uh, clients from all walks of life, um, and so the thing is, uh, this guy is very creative, and um, how did he get into jail? So, you don't yeah, no, I can't, I can't reveal all wasn't that. Wasn't he creative enough to get out? No, of jail, it's it? the thing is, he wasn't. This this part of him, the creative part of him, was never cultivated in his family, and so right. when men are not allowed to be creative, that energy has to go somewhere, and so when it's suppressed, it can turn into destructive energy. Okay. Um, and what a lot of people don't know, and I just found this out, was uh, Hitler actually was a painter and a very talented painter. Okay. And he wasn't allowed. You didn't know that Hitler was a painter? I knew he was a painter, but I didn't know he wasn't, um, he I'm, didn't get into painting school. I didn't know that he just didn't make the cut to get into art school. Mm-hmm. And so because he didn't make the cut, that part of him was just kind of left to not. Flourish. You're and not so, going to suggest that Hitler killed six million Jews, Catholics, because he couldn't paint. Because he, I am saying because he didn't that. get into school. Yeah, pretty much. I, I it's it's destructive energy. Men, I, men no, have I to be able it, to create. Yes. Stemming from that, though, I would say it had a lot to do with drug addiction and a lot to do with like adult children of alcoholic syndrome. Hitler and Hitler's Hitler. Hitler. Hitler had a stepfather who like beat the living you know what out of me. No, right. I didn't and was know a drunk that. and all that and was so a defrocked actually rabbi and then his mom what? was a single mom raising him and in case you didn't wait, know wait, that, wait, 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 come on, <laughs> I have to stop there. Hitler's father was a rabbi. His stepfather. Okay. They're Hitler's not sure they're not sure about his real father. His stepfather was a defrocked rabbi who was Where did you hear this one? You can look all this stuff up. It's look up on there. the internet. Grayson. Yeah. Okay. Grayson. The Japanese <laughs> the Japanese at the beginning of World War Two invented methamphetamine. And Hitler, who was such an anti-drug and anti-smoking guy, that they had him, like, photoshop cigarettes and vodka out of his pictures with Stalin, because Stalin was such a drunk and cigarette smoker. This is before he, there was Photoshop. Yeah, well, he, he thought that, Whatever oh, they, yeah, the, the Nazis airbrushed pictures for him. So if you could have enlarged those photos of Hitler, he would be chopping them out and... Yeah, they were chopping out the cigarette in Stalin's hand and the bottle of vodka that he constantly had with him. But this is the thing. Hitler got hooked on methamphetamine. He thought it was the best thing ever. Well, it, they, it actually, they actually <laughs> thought, like, the Blitzkrieg do that. They were feeding all the German soldiers. If you wonder how they move so quickly across Europe, <laughs> methamphetamine. But the great thing is, is, like, if you watch ADD adults and you give them all this stuff, on the upswing, it improves performance. But on the downswing... That's all the paranoia, you know, like, I don't care if Napoleon couldn't fight a war in winter. I'm different. I'm Hitler. I'm going to... He got the bright idea to invade Russia in December. Right, which was... That was all on the downswing of the because addiction. Because everything up must to come down. To Okay. Yeah. So you know this because you were uh, working in the psychiatric... Yeah, because I was industry. a psychiatric nurse, but also uh, in... The, I'm not religious. She was mentioning spiritual. I'm not religious, but I studied kind of like how Siddhartha became Buddha, Jesus became Jesus. But I also studied things like how Hitler became Hitler. Okay. There's actually I'm a, a Chinese... Little, I'm a little nervous now. No, there's a Chinese saying that says... Are you dangerous? No, there's five words that like, I kind of live my life by, and it's, a, it's credited to Confucius. It's okay. forget injuries, never forget kindness. Right, and when you to... look at somebody like that, like Hitler, he remembered every injury very well. Right. He never looked at any kindness. There's a story, too, that when he was four years old, a Catholic priest saved him from drowning. And the Nazis hated Catholics, which kind of makes it amusing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
So wait, what do we want to know about Hitler again? <laughs> <laughs> we want to know whether what do we want to know whether Hitler's father was a priest, uh, rabbi? His, Is that what we're looking at? Stepfather. Stepfather. Okay, was a his, rabbi with an alcohol that makes problem. Sense. Yeah. His dad was a civil servant. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we'll figure this. Out. I'm gonna get to the bottom. Okay, of Grayson. Okay. All right. But you, uh, the, 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 the addiction to methamphetamines is very easy to find. It's all over the place. Well, there's lots of photos of Stalin smoking a cigarette, right? I mean, the, yeah. that's a pretty common photo. I've never seen Hitler smoking a cigarette. or he was, That's what, what I'm saying. He was strong did, anti-drug, but that's kind of like Elvis. He thought that that was medication and it wasn't right. drugs. Well, when they did methamphetamine back in what was it? We're talking about 1939 to 45. What method did they use? He was getting injections every day as well as like pills. Wow, okay. Who was shooting up Hitler? He had a doctor who was his personal physician that they did research on that turned out to be a syphilis specialist. Well, you know a lot about this. Yeah. Do you talk about this much? Does it come up in conversation? It's one of those things of, like, it's easy to think that, you know, like, when they were, before he kind of lost his mind, they were talking to Charles Manson when he kind of had it. And he was like, you people love me because it was right during Mexican and Watergate and the country was going just apeshit over Vietnam. And he's like, y'all like having a bad person to point your finger at. And it's, it's the thing of you can study how spiritual people become spiritual, but it's also a thing of I've studied how monsters became monsters. And it's a lot easier for people to do than you think. Mm-hmm. It's right, real easy to go, oh, he went to jail. I used to run around and do all kinds of drugs 20 years ago and carry handguns all the time. I easily could have gone to prison. Right. Mm-hmm. But for the grace of God, I'm not. Well, no, it's real easy just... to go, oh, this guy's in jail making beard oil. I could have been there. Right. But, <laughs> right. And so what I decided to do is actually, uh, you know, encourage him to. So we're working together. How did um, you meet this guy in prison? Again, you know, it's confidential. But... Um, <laughs> So, well, there's so, three ways. You could have met him in prison. Right, right, right. You could have met him before he went to prison. or <laughs> was, he, I yeah. guess he could have written to you randomly on Facebook right, right, right. or something. Through a client, through another client. Is this part, of, a referral. Your, is this part of your job? It is. So it he's is. paying you or you no, just do No, no, no. This is, this is someone that I just want to help get through um, okay. his time. Yeah. How long is he in there for? Um, so, so you can't say Orleans Paris prison. It's, 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 Orleans it's Paris complicated prison. because he could be in there for a few years or twenty years or move to federal prison or. I mean, so he's, it in doesn't a, make, he's in OPP waiting for trial. Yes, yes, trial. yes. Oh, he could yes. be there for a while. Right, right. Or right. he could be out tomorrow. If he uh, knows, does he know somebody? No, no, no. He knows you. No, no. Do, well, yeah, do you I mean, know I'm somebody? Gonna help you. I know a lot of people. Okay, well, you can get him out. <laughs> you could be out this afternoon if we know who to call. <laughs> I guess. No, that's not the case, though. You don't think? No, no, no. But did he kill someone, allegedly? Um, no, I mean, yeah. I mean, no. No, no, I don't know. Well, even if he did, that would be no problem either. Right, right, These guys right. get out pretty easy out of OPP if they know someone. Right. This is not the case. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But we can't help Anyway, you. so I Anyway, I okay, so he's making beard oil. Right, Out right. of what an OPP? Exactly. No, not there. Just before, and and so uh, I got all of this before, before he went, he went, in went right, to right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, I so it's a limited edition, then. There, there's not going to be a new stock <laughs> yeah. made. But, how, that, but this is, goes against your whole argument, because right. he was being creative, and then he ended up... Right, his. right. Well, well, this is, this is in between sentencing, and so, um, yeah, mm. yeah. So it, it's complicated, and I don't no really kidding. know all the details, but, um, yeah, I think that to be in, in prison, you have to have a f- certain mindset. You, you, you know, you got to keep your shit together. You need to be able to... 
think of every day as a day to stay grounded. Mm. And so whether you're in prison or not, obviously, you know, so I'm, I just want to see what I can do to help him. How did we get onto this beard oil? I, don't, I just thing. took it out of my. I saw all of the beards, and I'm like, hey, wait, we are really talking a bunch of shit, aren't we? That's great. Hitler did not have a stepfather. Apparently, apparently that Bryce was an old Jack. myth, an oh, old myth oh. that existed a for a while, recently debunked. But his dad did die when he was like pretty young. So he's got a really <laughs> weird family life. His dad okay. died suddenly. Like the myth part was wrong, but I guarantee you they have. Wait. Methamphetamine galore. By the that, way. that is true. That's true. That, the, the methamphetamine that holds up, Grayson, according to your holds research. Holds up. Holds up completely. Okay. All right, so let's put it this way. Never knew that. If you take any of the whack jobs we got that have like big time racial stuff, imagine if they were a massive tweaker with all the p- power of the German army. Who are we talking about? Trump? No. <laughs> I'm just but, talking about if you gave anybody who's kind of out of their mind to begin with that much power, bad things are going to happen. Well, we're not far from it, are we? No, no we're not. No. You look at who's not. running the whole show here. Right. Yeah. Right. So, well, yeah. So, Adi, anyway, there you were. With your mom had ALS. Yes. And you couldn't paint anymore because you had a separated bone in your hand. Right, and some right, sort right. Of tendon so, issues. Yeah, and, yeah. So, so what um, happened? So, my career started taking a little... We couldn't paint. Slope. Yeah, yeah, downward slope. And so, uh, it gave me a lot of time to think. And um, then my mom passed away. Right after that, uh, and I started having dreams with her right after she passed away. And I would hear uh, things like her favorite musicians, like, and, and so I'm half Costa Rican, and so to hear, you know, some of the musicians that I grew up with listening to, like, just at Target or something was bizarre. You grew up in Costa Rica? No, no, no. I grew up here, but my mom was Costa Rican. So she would play Costa Rican music that you would then hear in Target? Right, right, like, just in different places, and I heard her name, and I would hear things, you know, just uh, synchronicities would happen throughout the day, and... All, all relating to her, and and so I was curious about this, and so I started r- reading a lot about uh, mediums and and psychic intuition, and so what happens with the sixth sense, and how our society suppresses that sense, um, and so then that tied into religion, and it tied into um, it tied into this patriarchal society, it tied into so many things, and so you know now we're talking about tantric healing and and intuition and so my work has just blossomed and so painting i miss it but this is so much more interesting because we're helping i'm helping people get so, in touch with their intuitive side so what so, you, so you're a healer now you're a psychic I'm, i am kind of a healer See, yeah but i empower my, people to heal themselves that's that's really the direction that i'm going this in what it says here in my uh, extensive research that graham gave me <laughs> it says you're a psychic energy healer yes I yes. just read that right now. Right. You're a psychic energy healer. Yes. Okay, so what does that mean? So we come to you with... So Do you, do you call it Reiki? Right, right so Reiki is, is different. Reiki, Reiki oh, okay. is where you just kind of um, do the healing using the chakras and you wave your hands over and people... So what I do is, is it's a lot like this. Like we could all be in a session right now, you know? Could we? And we... Certainly are. I mean, I might, need, I might need some healing. Yeah, <laughs> I got bit by a spider on my finger. Can you help me with that? I didn't mean to flip you off. Did you really get? Yeah, bit look by at this fucking shit, man. It sucks. Uh, you're a guitar player as well. Yeah, that's not a good thing. Hey, to before have. we get into the session, though, how much is this? 
Yeah. How much is a session? Yeah, what do we pay for? Yeah. Yeah. For one so, spider bite, can we, what, right. what, do you, what do you charge? So it's $150 an hour. I'll pay that any minute. Hour. You want to stump it up for all of us? Fuck yeah, I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, okay, yeah. all right. Thank you. This one's on you, then. It'll be right. in tip bucket singles, but I can make it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be all right. I'll get money stack. is money. That's what's up. Well, I did want to address one thing. So, you know, typically speaking, psychics and mediums and intuitive healers usually have, like, this witchy, you know, wart on the face, like crystal ball, and um, and so I do my best. I had the wart removed, right. and I lost 20 pounds, and I wear form-fitting dresses. No, I just, you Boy, know. Boy, do I wear... you? That's a great dress, by the way. Thank you. Just had to point that out because it's a great dress. I mean that respectfully. Are you, you. Are you psychic as well? Do you, do you know that people are... Th- can you read people? Yes, yes, yes. I can. I can read people, and I can read hypersexuality. Um, I can. Um, this whole table. Wait a second. Yeah. Be the only woman. Yeah. Like, this whole table is about to lift off. Um, and so she said that I was looking for a place to hide. It's too late. What, what is what is hypersexuality? So, you know. I, <laughs> well, I know what I think it is, but what is the real definition of it? I mean, everybody okay. wants to fuck you, right? Well, no, no, it's not that. It's just that uh, so men and women behave differently, and and society allows men to be more sexual, and so Does women, it? well, of course. I mean, we hear you, about what? men masturbating, but we don't talk about women masturbating. Where we, would you hear about that? Where I um, do. Where don't you where hear, do you about, hear about, about it? That? Yeah, well, I talk about women masturbating <laughs> all the time. <laughs> where do you hear about men masturbating? All the time? I mean, it's just everywhere. Is it's it? just kind of a known fact. I mean, I have a fourteen. Year old, almost 15, and he got the talk. He got the talk when he was 10, 11, and so I. What I do is I. I'm an observer, and over the years, I've observed uh, how my clients behave and how they interact with their children. And so I know for a fact that people do not talk to their daughters about masturbation and their female sexuality in a in a sex positive way. It is just not being done and do, do people talk to their sons about masturbation of course they do do they i have you i have, have i mean i yeah my, my absolutely. dad had that talk with, with me when most i was around seven yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Andrew, most fathers do yeah most fathers do i didn't get that talk me neither i'm, I'm still waiting wait do you need the talk john you, you was yes like <laughs> no talks i was when i was 14 my mother gave me an econo box of trojans and suggested i don't do it in her house See, that's a lot, though. That's more yeah. than most girls get. I, coming from a Latina background, oh, yeah, my Latina. family, you know, family full of women, everyone married and divorced three and four times. Okay. Um, so we were just told, listen, we know what you are. We know the power that you have. Um, do not get pregnant. And if you do, do not come here. Okay. And so, yeah. Yeah. Did they, did, right. did they tell you how to not get pregnant? No. No. Mm. No one actually mentioned that. No one did. No, no. I don't think people typically, in my experience anyway, have talk about masturbation at at all. I think that's not in your family. It's what you get from from Mm. your friends at school. No, and it's not correct. Um, That's not the way to do it. No, not at all. Well, maybe it's not the way to do it. That is how it's done. Right. But if you think about why it's done that way, before (laughs) the advent of uh, organized religion, okay, and I'm talking about like the 8th century, okay, there was... A partnership, no, a partnership 
um, there was not a patriarchal God. It was a divine feminine and um, male God. And they were both used in the partnership model to make decisions about art and sex and, and commerce. And so everything was weighed in equally for feminine and masculine. Where, where is this exactly? We're it's, about? it's everywhere. No, but like, where, where in that century are we talking like about? Tantric, Buddhist. So this is in, in India? Yeah, before, and... Yes, yes. Before... before um, Christianity before, yeah. And is yeah. it still like that in India? I wouldn't know. So the Hindus can certainly appreciate the partnership, um, you know, uh, but, you know, it's been more than 3,000 years and we're functioning on a patriarchal God. And so well, a we judgmental, right. a wrathful Yeah, we came God. up with this idea of we've going to hell. Yes, and, yes, yes. Yeah. And so you can understand that, I mean, there was, you know, we, people didn't even get married back then. Um, you know, so the institution of marriage actually was implemented during this time. And um, it was that time that people started to get really uh, uncomfortable about sex. And so all of these restrictions were placed on people and women especially. And it still holds true today. Um, It's 2017. And even though the pill came out in 1970, uh, women still don't understand that sex is for enjoyment. It's not just for procreation. And if you, I guess over the research... I, I just think now that religion is about numbers. It is about just keeping people within this, you know, this parameter to, to keep the numbers going. You think the average woman in America still doesn't have sex for fun? Um, for, for, mm, up to a certain point. Um, I think, yeah, no, I don't think they're doing it to, hmm. to procreate, although I know a lot of people that are religious that still believe that, they, well, well, Catholics don't allow the birth control pill. And I know people my age who can't take the birth control. They, they just don't use birth control. Right. And, it's, and it's not because they want to have children. It's because someone told them, religious power, that it's not allowed. Um, mm. And so if that's not allowed, masturbation certainly isn't allowed. Exploring your body well, is certainly not allowed. What is the big deal about masturbation? Okay, so... Men, this is my subject actually. Yes. Um, so I, I just think that when men orgasm, it's different than when female or female orgasms. I think the energy is different. Um, and so I, I think someone mentioned that, you know, in the East, uh, we've got the monks and, and their abstinence and, and they, you know, remain celibate. Um, and it is because the energy when when you masturbate too much, okay. How much um, is too much? Okay, see, I'm not just, going in that. I don't know. I mean, wait, but I, 20- I, a quick. <laughs> I just heard this a couple of days uh-huh. ago that for all men to avoid prostate cancer right. and shit, you have to have at least twenty some odd freaking ejaculations a month. So really? that's like a daily fucking spank session, or right. So daily well, sex, you could have sex. Well, right, right, right. That, that, that doesn't matter how. Sometimes. Except <laughs> right, right. So daily. It have to be the same person. <laughs> that's a good point. Right. So daily. And, and yeah, so that's, daily. that's great. And, and, and I'm sure it's easily it's done. It's not a problem. Um, but what happens is, uh, and we were talking about female. and talking about women. Do, yeah, right. Okay. Uh, so um, the thing is, in, in certain religions, um, they, they say, you know, if we're going to meditate and we're going to do this and be spiritual, we have to remain abstinent or we can't masturbate. Mm. And um, okay. the reason why is because 
it, if it's done too much, then your dopamine levels become skewed, okay? And um, it actually, too much of an intense orgasm can create a, like a, almost like it's called an intense hangover, sex hangover. And so it can mess with your dopamine levels and your levels of happiness, your outlook. Um, and so what happens with men is they turn to porn, addiction, drinking, overeating, porn, a lot of porn. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's not satisfying. It doesn't satisfy you anymore. And so right. there's a, a chemical neurotransmitter called prolactin that um, gives you the indicator. It's an indicator that says, okay, we're done. Go do something else. And so that becomes depleted. And so, or, or, this is wait. from too much sex. Yes, yes. It's too much. No, 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 no. Too, too many orgasms, too no many matter how orgasms. you get them. Right. 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 And so that becomes a problem, too, because the prolactin actually suppresses dopamine levels. Hang on, can this this is more depressing than the Hitler talk. <laughs> Holy shit. What the All fuck? Right. How do we, well, go? How do we get more depressed? Wait, wait, wait. This, this is the same for men and... It's not the same. <laughs> the same neural pathways Yes, it is. It is. It is. Sexual activity, it's this cortex, it screws down. It's the same neural pathways as cocaine. Wow. Right, right. So, Holy fuck. So, I'm a fucked up human being. Right. <laughs> You've been uncovered. wasting your time Holy doing both. Holy shit. I, I got to get another beer. Well, <laughs> <it's> fucked up. <laughs> so, but, but what happens also is um, the dopamine releases all of these feel-good chemicals, but there's a novelty aspect to it. And so, you know, when these chemicals are released, you actually, you know, uh, don't want to... You don't want to bond with the partner anymore. Um, a novelty, really? yeah. It, it just, mm. yeah. Like you want something new so because this is you're. Natural. Yeah, it is a natural After thing, you and have so sex I can with see. You don't want to talk to them. That's right, right. And women well, have an attachment. Um, that's why women are attached or attached easier than than men. What's um, the explanation for that exactly? Oh well, Mother Nature, you know. Just no, but has what's us the chemical difference between a male orgasm and a female orgasm? A male orgasm ends with. Not wanting to make an attachment, and the female right. orgasm ends with wanting to make an attachment. Yes, yes, Chemically. yes. Oxytocin um, creates a bond. And so when we have our children, that is actually it kicks in so that we can nurture our children. Okay. The thing is, it also kicks in after you have sex with someone. So um, the way as to come as a woman, yes, only. men don't have that problem as much. Um, the problem is awareness. And so what I do with my clients who are dealing with, you know, he, I, you know casual sex happened and I, I thought he was going to call me. Now I'm hooked on him. I can't let him go. So I bring awareness to my clients about all of these different subjects. Mm. And so I think that awareness is the key to everything. Oh, my God. There's so many questions. So once you become aware that we're all kind of... Uh, um, we are susceptible to our primal uh, elements, right? Our evolutionarily adapted chemical forces that pull us toward, you know, uh, what what is sexually stimulating to us. Right. Where do you make the distinction between that's just how we are as as humans, mm-hmm. and where you decide to transcend those things and decide that we've evolved to become a species that has this metaphor that we call a heart. Right. And, you know, where, where do you decide to, to, to transcend, I guess is what um, I'm asking. I believe, and, and I know that when you decide, like a drug addict wants to get into recovery, okay, so you, you can, you know, 
you can get this information, you can know this information. And the awareness is what it is. You don't have to act on it. You can decide, because we have free will, you can decide, I want more than this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be addicted to porn. I don't want mm-hmm. to be addicted to drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that the hum- we, as, you know, human behavior, we, we have the ability to change the trajectory of, like, you know, the path of addiction. Right, yeah, or the, the, our evolutionarily tragic. adapted path, you know, right. which which has its benefits, right? Absolutely. You know, being attracted to the opposite sex is what's going to make the species continue. Exactly, um, and how do you think I get most of my clients? Right. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the opposite problem, which is women not having an orgasm, not, not having too right. many orgasms. Right, and so, so, what's the deal with so that? we know, we know uh, all the good-feeling chemicals that are released during an orgasm. And so um, what, what I've done is, is uh, I have basically taken meditation as a, as a gateway to self-pleasure. Um, and for women, um, you know, it's hard for women to meditate. And, and, and men can meditate and I, a little easier, in my opinion. And okay. the reason why is because y'all can compartmentalize your world. You know, women, we are so emotionally connected to everything. Everything matters to us. So when we are talking and, and something's happening between the two of us, I'm, ta- I'm thinking and talking to you, but I'm thinking about my son, my kid, my neighbor, whatever. You're just thinking about what is happening. You know, this is the way it is. You even have a nothing box that you can sit and just do nothing. And so I've heard lots of my female clients say, my husband can just sit there and do nothing. And it's so <laughs> infuriating. And I think it, that's admirable, actually. I, 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 I totally dig that. And so what I do is I... I share this information with women, and I said, let me get you to that place of nothing in a blissful state. Which is? Which is, um, so you sit in lotus position, and you just cup your vagina, and you softly... You had um, me cup your vagina. <laughs> right, right, right. And so you Should we just, try this at home? Or uh-huh, you can do whatever you want. Um, okay. But I've done the research. It works. So it does. Okay. Yeah, so. so you're sitting down with your legs crossed. Right, right, right. Your legs crossed or laying down. Um, and, okay. and the thing is, because uh, music is such a vibrational, you know, um, elevator, I, you can... You can listen to any music that you want. I have a client who can't meditate, but when I told her it was okay for her to listen to Black Sabbath, she was all over it. Okay, so, then, so you turn so, on Black Sabbath. Uh, right, right. You and cup masturbate. your vagina and, and you lightly, lightly just place your fingers on your clitoris. Okay. okay? And in less than five minutes, you will be meditating. And meditation, like, oh, no, no, now, I mean, the thing is, it takes a lot of practice. And so this is one of those instances where if you fuck up, you just end up having an orgasm. So it's a great way to do it. Right? Right. Yeah. This is a win win for everybody all the time. And so. Unless you're having too many and then you've got a whole oxytocin. Well, no, no. Um, Actually, for women, it's not as big of a problem as it is for men. Okay. Wait, put me there. So, so when you're 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 describing this, and then you allow the person to go home and try this in the privacy of their own home, or yeah. do you? That's okay, the deal, right? So, um, 
So, yes. That's a good um, question, Andrew. Could you do it in yoga class? Well, I'm asking, like, do you just, this like, is, stand this is what outside I'm trying. the door and go, okay, this is what you need right, to do. Right. I call like, it clit-sit meditation. Um, so clit-sit meditation. <laughs> oh, man. This is so much like less depressing than the Hitler thing. This is getting better and better. Yay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Have you registered that trade name? No. You might want to do that. Have before. you made T-shirts? Or? I'm on my way. But I have yeah. a question, though. So right. is, is there the right. opposite? Okay, so you say... Okay, so men don't need this. Okay. Um, men actually need uh, more spirituality. You guys are coming way Less too much. Clip, and men and women need to... Have more orgasms. You guys need to have less. Because so. isn't the word hysteria based on right, right. women not having exactly. enough orgasms? Right. And so in the yeah. 1900s, yeah. Um, there were a couple oh. of doctors who found that there was a correlation between the lack of uh, orgasms that women were experiencing and what was being labeled as hysteria. And so they were manually stimulating women um, that you know. Until their until the carpal tunnel set in and they had a bone separation and the you know shredded ligament. That was a job at some point. Was it was getting women yeah, off in your office? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, how yeah. would you train for that? Was it be medical? Was it a medical? You job? know how? Yeah, was, that, <laughs> was that a doctor who did that? Yeah, that two way? doctors. Yeah, two doctors. Yes, yes, yes. And when are we talking about? Nineteen hundreds. That's all Victorian stuff and Victorian repression of women, you know, when she was talking about women are under sexually liberated. And I guess it's easy to forget because we live in New Orleans where we still have problems and all, but we're the least segregated city you'll ever be in. You know, even as though. As far like, as men and women. No, but there's a Madonna no, I mean, whore complex as, happening here. Yeah, as far as gay, straight, black, Madonna, white, Madonna, men, Madonna, women. Madonna, you're a whore. There's no in between. Everything is shoved like, on top of each other in New Orleans. If you think about it, you can be in a great million dollar house and you can walk to a place that's a really bad neighborhood in New Orleans. The thing is, is we aren't as segregated. I mean, you've got the gay bars along with the Catholic churches and everything right. else. So it's kind of like it's hard to remember that there's still places, though, in America where it's very Victorian. You well, know, yeah, if they have seems, a strip club, it's like out right. on the city limits. It right. can't be anywhere near well, downtown. Plus we or, have a very sexualized society, I would think, in New Orleans. I mean, you go to Mardi yeah, Gras and people are half th- naked. This is true, but yeah, up but until a few years ago, this is true. Yeah. There were seven states you could buy a shotgun or assault rifle in. You could not buy a vibrator or dildo in. Hmm. Yep, I believe it. There were it. seven states it was illegal to own a sex toy, illegal. but there was no problem with buying an AK-47 mean. with a 40-round clip. <laughs> right, right, and then right, we can't right. figure out why we have the problems we do. I think that men are threatened when they when they realize that a woman can seek pleasure on her own. It, it, sometimes it, it is a scary thought, you know. Um, that, not everybody, I but a, I think this, that... I mean, I have to say, there seems to be an incredible amount of generalization here. Right, right. Well, my generalizations are stem from a, experience. my experience. This, right. is, this is not... I'm not being general. I'm being just true to my experiences and things that I've... Uh, accumulated so you, you over time. Fi- you find in the clients that you're seeing, or in your friends, or what is it that the, is all these women who are having all are of sexually these women. repressed? I'm forty. Just, I'm forty-five. Okay. I've been around. So this is a while not just now. your clients. These are your friends and your girlfriends you went to school with and right. your neighbors. Yes, and, yes, yes. I have. How many um, percent? What percentage of these women have never had an orgasm in your life? Um. Okay. That's you know. Consistently, or just one, or I mean, well, so we can divide this up um, okay. by themselves or with their partners. Um, I know, I know, questions. women that have regular orgasms by themselves, but never have orgasms with their partners. And do their okay? partners know and that? Of, 
Well, if, yeah, yeah, but they fake it. Yeah, I know, all of that. Well, I don't know, I'm I just know. asking, do people well, just... Well, this is the thing. So a man has a, there's value in the performance of his, you know, ability to make a woman orgasm. Well, like, these, that's are all a head, these are all heterosexual couples. Um, no, 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 this is same-sex couples. This is, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so let's, yeah, I'm going to make that clear. All mm-hmm. right. So this is about being uninhibited. This is about, um, you know... Your your religious background, your childhood, what you know, all, all the stigma that is that is placed with masturbation in, in our society. So women still are struggling; they really are. And so the thing is, people ask me, you know, I want to I want to be intuitive, like I want to learn how to be a psychic. I want to tune into that plane. And I think that I got really. I, you know, a lot more intuitive when I started doing my meditation. And so when I cupped my vagina, it got better. <laughs> so I think that's the gateway to, the gateway uh, to spiritual opening up your intuitive sense. I really do. But did you just notice how we're all oh, I'm lo- eight-year-old are- boys? <laughs> yeah, I it's did. Like, we're listening and we're paying attention. And we respect everything you're saying. But then you said, I got my vagina. We're like, <laughs> Oh, I Sorry. know. Sorry. But Sorry. I'm thinking the gateway to spirituality is your clitoris. Is yes, it is. I, uh, yeah. Uh, I have yeah. to write that one down as well, guys. Please do. Okay. Can you email me that? <laughs> that word? Actually, text it's me. Just I the know. word. I am interested in... Uh, so you In whether this is... Is this revolutionary thinking? Is this your own... I mean, no, I mean, there I are people that have been doing tantric healing for a long time. Um, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't looked into too many people, but there is a woman. Her name is Salm Isadora, uh, who is a you know huge proponent of human sexuality and meditation and understanding sex positive. You know. Um, platform where we can inform, you know, just educate people about how sexual, uh, spiritual need to merge to heal the world. Okay. So that's not, that's not your, uh, because I thought spirituality, even in the checklist of the, you know, the tree of life chakra. Yes. Illustration. Yeah. That the sexuality is at the bottom and spirituality is at the top. Right. So I work from the bottom up. Right. Okay. But, uh, Cool. I thought I didn't know they were actually like connected in a sense. Right. That, well, like, I, I mean, thought you progressed from one to the other, and then you sort of right. left how, sexuality but, but behind. If you think of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we're all stuck in this survival, like the latter part of the hierarchy. Yeah, and yeah. But traditionally, don't you get to a spiritual enlightenment once you've left all the material crap? Yeah, but behind? how many people are stuck surviving, like not being able to let go of the past? No, um, no. But but just answer the question. No? Isn't that a typical pathway? That it you is transcend. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's no. not the typical pathway. I think that but people can choose in, in the healing arts. You can choose if you're going to go top to bottom or bottom to top. You can. Yeah, you can. You can start off enlightened and end up just fucking like Well, crazy. yeah, I mean, you, I've, heard, I've seen people do it. <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean, I'm like, okay. I, it makes more sense to me to get through the uh, root chakra, which is your tribe, your family, all the beliefs. Uh, systems, you know, and, and, and getting through the traumas. Um, and then your, sa- your sacral chakra is where it all happens. These are all the emotional powerhouse of your body in terms of the energy center. And so right there is where your genitalia is. And so all the mistakes, all the people we've slept with or didn't sleep with or, you know, who we can communicate with, for men and women, this affects us deeply in terms of okay. enlightenment. So you... By touching your clitoris. Mm-hmm. Is it clitoris or clitoris? I can never remember. I mean, 
It's pretty much. Yeah, which it's which one? Is it both? Yeah, it's tomato, it's... tomato. Yeah. I thought one was uh, <laughs> one was what I learned in New Zealand, and the other was what I learned here. But now I can't. Right, right. I never remember which one it is. I what, say. What do you say? I say clitoris. You say clitoris. Right, right. Okay, let's say that then. So you say that by touching your clitoris, you can be, become more spiritually aware. Do you have to have an orgasm to get there? No, 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 no. Just you, touch it. Yeah, right, right. Well, I'm talking about Can a, I touch your clitoris? And you, uh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> you have to no. do it yourself. Right, no, why no. are you look so disgusted? Well, no, this? I'm not disgusted. I'm just like, <laughs> you're fucking with me. I know it. Um, <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> okay, so actually, no, that is funny because there is Thank a place you. in New York and San Francisco. It's called Orgasmic Meditation. And there is a guy. You could go and check it out and maybe be this guy. But I think he's called the Flicker. And what he does the is flicker. he... Yeah, I think he like... <laughs> manipulates you know all of the people people are having orgasms because they understand the connection between enlightenment and the body and and so yeah this is where this is where a guy will do it for you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i know so i'm trying to i'm trying to scale back this is not going to happen this is not what i'm comfortable with no i'm not i'm just trying to find a way for women um to just get centered focused and and empower them to open up to the sixth sense so uh you know, when you meditate, you know, the goal often is to quiet the mind, right? And, um, right, that's what but, you're doing. But you're, you're talking about meditation with an element of an orgasm uh, achieval. So when you get closer to that... Right before... I mean, quieting the mind, you know, you would have sexual thoughts perhaps? Or you're, right. Are you attempting not to have sexual thoughts? Um, so there's different stages. And so mm-hmm. when you're sitting and you have uh, some time to quiet your mind for women we can hold our clitoris and not have an orgasm i mm-hmm. mean you can you can yeah. be in a place where you just want to create some quiet uh-huh. some grounding and and then you can do this and uh-huh. this is what the emphasis is the yeah. emphasis is on just quieting your mind mm-hmm. and allowing the nothing box that guys have to happen for us mm-hmm. we're not necessarily thinking about sex although if it happens good for you you know but i'll tell you the more orgasms you have, the, mm, there is a link between orgasms and abundance. There is. Okay. <laughs> there is. Um, this is good news this is, as well. This is energy. This is how we emanate. This is the energy that we emanate. This is, so um, the more orgasms you have, right, the better right, right. You can, your, the right, richer your life right, is in all senses. If I'm a business owner and I'm cranky and you can tell that I'm uptight sexually or whatever, you're not going to want to buy my sandwich. You're not going to come back to my sandwich shop. But if I'm like loosey-goosey and like having a good day, like I'm just in a better mood, you're going to buy my sandwich, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. I always thought Fuck I was yeah. just I, smoking weed. But right. I guess I could well, if you're hungry, I mean, you no, but I'm telling you, though, we this is where the primal, you know, just the way we behave is just, you know, we want to be in a place where it feels positive. And, and women, um, because of the way we've been brought up in society, it's difficult for us. Mm-hmm. And so, it is, like I said, you know, just to be able to incorporate meditation into your everyday life, or it matters. It makes a difference. Okay, sure. I have to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. When you walk around, have you noticed on lampposts and other places... A, a white sign with red rising that says love on it. Yes. Have you seen that all over love town? Love it. And you know who the guy behind that is? John Abear is sitting right next to hey, you. Hey, John. Nice so, signs. So Thank you very much. I want to talk about that in one minute, but first of all, I'm going to have to make John Lisa play something. All right. Okay. What are you thinking of playing here, John? Well, since we had all this sex talk, let's <laughs> yes. do a song about jumping through puddles naked with somebody. All right. Right? All right. 
song called Break in the Rain. in Delta Funk. Man, that sort of puts you in a trance, doesn't it? Yeah. Good stuff. It's in tra- Thanks, man. Nice guitar playing, as always. Too. Thanks, man. What'd you think, Andrew? That was killer. Yeah. Thanks, man. Very thanks, nice. Thanks, thanks. That's it's a song original. about sex. We love it. <laughs> There's not that many songs about sex, either. I know, I'm writing as many as I possibly <laughs> yeah. can to, to change that. <laughs> there sure are a lot of songs about fucking out there when you think about it. There are. Pretty it's much. what's on our minds. All of them. In yeah. our hearts. Yeah. Right. Everybody wants love. Love. That's right. Okay. So, John. Yes. Everybody in New Orleans has seen these white signs with the red capital letter love written. Yep. On it. And they're, they're everywhere. There's thousands of them. We, when we started off three and a half years ago, we put up like over 300 in the New Orleans area. And the, the idea was it was just two old hippies who had had a lot of conversations about how most of the religious stuff that really rings true. If you detach yourself from all the theology and who's God's son and all this kind of stuff, you know, 
Christians have you reap what you sow. Buddhists have karma, which you put out there is coming back to you. And even in bad neighborhoods, they just, you know, what goes around comes around, baby. So there are certain sayings that just kind of hold true no matter how you look at it. And believe it or not, even if you don't look at a religious standpoint, a lot of people have seen, if you've ever seen the movie Full Metal Jacket, Love and they're it. in there going, blood, blood, kill, kill, and they say this over and over. But that was actually a research thing the Pentagon did that they found that new recruits would either shoot over people or would freeze and wouldn't shoot people. Because the idea of killing another human being was just, like, horrifying. And from Korea to Vietnam, they started saying kill and blood a lot, just psychologically. New recruits shot and hit things 90% of the time once they started saying kill, kill, kill in basic training. So even if you take it from a psychology standpoint, if you actually just kind of put love up in people's noticeable agenda, would they love each other more? Would there be less road rage, homophobia, racism, rape, etc., etc., etc.? What's the answer now? We've had five years. Has it been three years or five years? Well, it, it's been like three and a half years. I, I don't know. You know, um, some of it gets better. Some of it I don't know. I can tell you that, you know, one of the big things I always drew from is, like, my dad was Roman Catholic, and he married my mom, who was a Baptist. And my mom has relatives that, like, pray for my father because they think that Catholics are pagan idolaters and all that and going to hell for sure. So, like, I always think of the fact that Martin Luther King was a Southern Baptist, but he saw what Gandhi did, and by that time Gandhi had been shot. But he took his entire family and went and lived with Gandhi's relatives, like, in India. And for, like, a Southern Baptist to go, I don't care what you call it, that's what we need. Hmm. That's the hand of God. And if you think about Gandhi or MLK, they didn't have any guns. They didn't have any power. If you were betting on the front end, you wouldn't have bet they were going to get anything they wanted. And all these guys did was walk around and talk to people. They didn't have armies. They didn't blow up bombs. They didn't commit terrorism. Well, what's the difference between Martin Luther King, Gandhi, and you? I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to throw what? myself in the same category, but I'm working off what? the same idea. No, I mean, what... What makes somebody a world leader like that, a statesman? They like weren't Mike? related to Bobby Hebert or the other two. <laughs> <laughs> what, what does, though? What elevates someone like that? I don't know. You know, it's, it's one of those things of, and, and, you know, part of the reason, too, like, um, I didn't, we didn't want this to be about us. We were hiding right, our right. names for a long, yeah, long thought, time. I thought you did, it was a secret. Who was we were. This. And that was kind of the fun of it because it got people to talk about it more. Like I even heard for a while in the first year they were talking about it was a um, promotion for Prince playing Essence Fest in 2015. And that was one of my favorites, actually. Right. But we left it alone. And then we were on the national news, and they said they are going to hide our identities. But you see the side of my face and hear my voice. I'm like... Not that y'all would know who I am who don't know me, but I'm like, every one of the people that know me go, oh, I know that dude. Your mom called you right up. Yeah, as soon as they heard my voice and saw the side of my face, they're like, yeah, I know who that is. Well, you have a very distinctive voice, I'll say that, that's for sure. Hmm. Have you always had this voice? Uh, Yeah, but it kind of, part of it came from I was born here, went to elementary and high school, like in Monroe, where they filmed that wonderful Duck Dynasty export of culture and Mm -hmm. uh, enrichment. And then I lived in Baton Rouge, lived back here in the 90s, then I lived in South Florida for like 10 years. this ago. graveliness. Yeah, Mar- yeah. yeah, Grant and Moreau, uh, five-year-olds talk just like that. Actually. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the Marlboro Reds for breakfast, That's you know, it, in Monroe. That usually does it, yeah. So you decided to put your money where you... Most people would have these conversations with them, had a few drinks in a bar, and so you know it would yep. be cool if you put the word love all around town. Maybe it would change things, and then in the morning you go to work and forget about it. But what made you actually do it? Hmm. The odd thing was is a mix of two friends. My friend had the idea, and if you can believe this, he is my friend, but he's very introverted and shy and neurotic. Well, and he was like, a good balance. Yeah, and he was like, I'm afraid to hang these signs up. And he even said, you might get a $25, $50 fine for hanging them. I'm like, Pfft. 
Compared to other stuff I've done, you really think I'm afraid of this? <laughs> so you put it kind of high on the pole, right? Yeah. Yeah, so what's your process? Do you bring a ladder? Do you have kind of a... The, the most of them we're doing with, yeah, a step ladder and then, like, nails and all that. Cool. Okay. We're doing roof and nails. So do you, what about, what if uh, there could be more of, like, a, uh, uh, I'm just imagining a, a staple gun on a big pole where you could just kind of come and hit it and run, you know? The interesting really thing is... is, is make it it's, stealthy. It's very small. We have gotten some, like, blah, 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 that's all yeah, we need is more yeah, trash. Right. But that's only about 5 to 10% of the time. It's yeah. very rare. But the one yeah. thing I know is from people that own clubs and all that and coffee houses, there's something about they hate staples. Yeah. So we either did roofing nails because it's only one or two. It's not like tons of staples. Uh-huh. Or um, I take a screwdriver or a knife and put holes in the top and do a twist tie. Yeah. And the, the thing is, is actually like because there was a principal who's a principal of three charter schools uptown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She asked us, will we do it? We went around to like the schoolyards. We turned them around to where they're facing the playground and like twist tied them yeah, on cool. there. Because it's on so, a metal So fence. sometimes it's on, you know, a pole, and you're not going to ask anybody to put it on the pole. You're just going to put it on the pole. But then other times it's at someone's establishment, and you go in and ask, can I put this sign up? Is that what you do? We don't usually ask. We've had people, like the lady from Tipitina's got in touch with friends of ours. Mm-hmm. This is before even people knew who we were. Mm-hmm. That kind of started happening to where, like, oh, yeah, you know those guys? I want some for, like, my front store window cool. and all that. Yeah. We actually kind of, like, snuck around to the flag shop and just dumped a bunch of flags there. I don't know if they sold them or gave them away, we, like, dump love flags at the love store. Mm-hmm. So this is parallel to the movement of street art in general, you know, where people are just, listen, I'm going to do this, I'm going to quickly make my mark and then, you know, create a positive impact, and, and I love it. I think it works. Without a doubt. It's, it's the thing of, the way, like I was saying in New Orleans, you know, while we still probably have some different, you know, bad attitudes, maybe a little bit, and some anger. New Orleans is one of the few places, it's not like there's like some suburb land for miles that way away from the urban center and all that. All of New Orleans is so mixed up, you know, and it's like um, I have a gay aunt that came to live with us when I was young. A lot of my mom's friends were gay. My godparent is gay. Mm. And we had, even growing up in Monroe, we had people of color and homosexuals in my house. Mm. And if you want to talk trash about my family, me and my mom were big bar fighters, and I've had my nose broke more, more times than I can count. Mm. That's before I kind of, like, grew up a little There's bit. There's the voice, got, a deviated septum. Okay, yeah, now I, I figured it out. Until right, I kind of gotcha. got over myself, mm. a lot of this was I'm right and you're wrong. Uh-huh. Even, you know, when he brought up you know, of course, you're going to get the comparisons between Hitler and, you know, Orange Julius Caesar is going to come up. Why are we up. going back to Hitler again, bro? No, no, no. But I'm just saying, you know, even with that, I don't want to fight nobody no more. You know? Uh, what about your is, mom? What about her? Is she still a big bar fighter? She's not a big bar fighter anymore, but this would not surprise anybody who knows my mom. Okay. She was somewhat legendary. There's a story of her in the 80s being at some restaurant, and Mick Jagger had to ask her to be quiet so he could finish his dinner. Nice. <laughs> because she was, like, raising so much cane and throwing things and telling jokes and stuff. Wow. Where is she now, Mom? Uh, my mom and dad, actually, my dad is a semi-retired doctor who took an um, assignment there up in Waldron, Arkansas, which is way up in Arkansas. Okay. It's way up in Walmart land. Have you sent them any love signs? Yeah, they got one in their yard. They've got flags, T-shirts. They've got all the paraphernalia. Oh, you do flags as well and T-shirts. We do flags, oh, T-shirts. T-shirt I on. have a T-shirt on. So is this like a... Uh, franchise thing or whatever that's called where it's, you, you it's, make some money out it's of? definitely not for profit part of it is is that we took my friend Drew we took a lot of inheritance unfortunately his mom died four years ago and he was trying to figure out what to do with the money yeah he got himself a new car and all that but he was like I want to do something more than just for me and that's when we first put the love came out 
paint out. We weren't even putting our names on it because we wanted it to be bigger than us. So he financed it. Yeah, he financed the beginning of it. I don't even think we came close to breaking even. We've sold stuff. I do a lot of um, yoga at Swan River, and they're, they're friends of mine, so they've like put a lot of the stuff up for sale and all that. At the same time, though, if anybody asks, I will give them a T-shirt or sign out of my car if I have one. You got an extra medium? T-shirt? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You could tell the musicians in the room. Yeah. 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 Well, a cool shirt. Like a clean one. shirt? Well, a clean shirt. <laughs> exactly. But that's the thing is, like, even if we sell stuff for, like, 10 or 15 bucks, we give so much stuff away, I don't know if we've right. ever, like, reaped a profit. <laughs> sure. Also, recently, I got into a thing of, from yoga, there's, like, you know, there was some girl going to Barcelona. There was this young married couple that were moving to Chile. Oh, yeah. Every time I know somebody that's going to a major city or an area like that, I'm like, take some love signs with you. So, like, piecemeal, we're starting to get them out there. I've mailed, like, some to Boston, L.A., Chicago, Detroit, Birmingham, Alabama, Seattle, Washington. So, piecemeal, it, we're getting it all Would it be possible place. to use the power of the Internet to maybe send templates around or get people excited about making their own love signs? One of the better things is is uh, in New Orleans, I don't know if you saw this, and I ended up meeting the guy. After we did that, there was a black sign that was love in different colors, and it was in a uh, square pattern. Mm-hmm. And I actually met him, and he was a non-denominational preacher, actually, who does yoga. I met him. Couldn't have been nicer. His last name was Love. And he mm-hmm. was actually like, oh, I hope you don't mind we copied. And I said, no, we don't mind you copied. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. Right, of course. That it is bigger than me and Drew, that we do want to, like, you know, it, uh, how I got over my own issues in life was a lot of people putting up with me being a jackass and a lot of my bad behavior and not growing up. And, you know, it's it's what made me – there are times still, like, because of New Orleans and the streets, and there's some second line, like, you were late today. I didn't know there was going to be a second line or a train, and I get stuck. We're just blocking the streets. We're yeah. just blocking – you ever saw that? Never mind. Sorry. I have shut – I've, like, shortcutted through bad neighborhoods, forgot I put a love sign up, and I will be in my car going, you stupid mother – and I'll look up and see a sign I put up and actually go, oh, yeah, that, that's, this is not how I'm supposed to be acting because we're human right. beings. Sure. It's a reminder. Yeah, it right. reminds me how I'm supposed to be acting, you know? Sure. So can I, can I say something? Yeah, what, what, what I admire about this is the fact that, you know, it's a man doing it. You know, you are expressing love. Um, you know, we have a problem in our society with men growing up, telling our boys that they can't, uh, they can't cry, they can't break down, you know, buck up, stop acting like a girl. Um, I've, I've seen it off the field and on the field. And so this is a very important message, and I think it's a ton more powerful than, you know, we're even talking about it. I think that your thoughts become your reality. And so when people start to look at this, I think, you know, subliminal, subliminal messages take place. And, and when you see them, it stays with you. And so it's amazing. I think it's interesting that you called it, uh, you know, his, his message. And it's simply one word, you know, it's, uh, and it's, it's where we start talking about what right. it means to love, love right? It's sad and it's amazing all at once. You know, um, 2017, and we have to teach people how to love. Hmm. Shouldn't be that way, you know. And it starts with our children. It starts with, uh, you know, empowering our children to be compassionate. You you can't teach, you know, you're not born compassionate. You teach your children how to be compassionate. I've seen children on a playground, and if a child is crying, you can tell who's been taught compassion. There's a child who will say, are you okay? There are kids that run past, back and forth. A child is crying in the playground. I'm, I'm a is, teacher. Is that always nurture and never nature, the compassion element? So I've had this discussion with my husband, and so um, I can't answer That's that. That's Mr. For real. Kansas to you, <laughs> sir. 
Um, yeah, so uh, we yeah, do. Was, we wait, touch that, nurture. Was that nature. kind of like, like, like subtly? Like I've had this with my husband. So, <laughs> um, so y'all are teasing me. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's a nurture and nature argument. Uh, it's both. It's both. You know, if uh-huh. you're if you have, yeah, yeah, if you have intuitive powers, don't you know the answer to these questions? No, I don't. No. I don't. Sometimes uh-huh. things are so close to me. Okay, it's like it's my life, and so I have to figure shit out just like everybody else. So when you meet someone, can you tell if they're going to be nice or not nice people? So it's different levels. You know, I think we all can tell if someone is going to vibe with us or not. You know, you can tell. And, what and is that so, about? See, look, that mm-hmm. actually did happen. Like, okay, that's my crappy little car out there, right? And when I was pulling Which down one? for Red Street, uh-huh. that awesome little, I call it C-3PO, right? Uh-huh. And when I was driving down the street and I saw you walking down the street and I'm like, I guarantee she's doing the podcast. I don't know who she is, and but she's looking for an address. I can tell. There you right? go. I'm like, yeah, and that's why I met you at the door. I'm like, hey, you're doing the podcast so too, nice. right? It's just, so yep. nice. And sometimes right? that synergy is there. Right. So it's, there it's, is. it's right. kind of cool. That yeah. makes you intuitive as well. It does. Well, this yeah. is your point is that we've all got we it. We all have it. We all have it. And what I'd like to do is I would like to empower men to, know, to, to just understand that it's not just a spiritual thing that is uh, permission for women to be spiritual. You have it too. And we need to give people, men, permission to be sensitive, to, to uh, work out all the shit that happened to you growing up, you know? The, the great thing was is that I Go grew to up therapy. In a, I, Go to therapy. I grew Do up in, it. I grew up in the 80s in Monroe. So people would make comments about, like, well, there's a lot of gay men at your house. And I'm like... And and I probably got a better education in my parents' house sitting around the kitchen table because right my mom hung out with artists and decorators and all that than I was getting in high school. Right. And guess what? Nobody ever tried to hit on me when I was a child or touch me or any other of the myths. Right. But the funny thing I did notice is the people that would be the most angry about it, if I suggested it all, I'd be like, well, you know, I'm around gay men all the time and they don't cause strong feelings in me. I wonder why they cause strong feelings in you. Or some of the worst fights I ever got into in this Thou world. Thou doth protest too much. Yeah, to exactly. But the, the funny thing is, is being around men who are already beyond the macho concept and you got to think I'm tough and I'm a man mm-hmm. actually taught me a lot more about being a very like decent person mm-hmm. and like how to be a better person because I don't have to be tough. God forbid you don't think I'm a manly man or I'm a tough guy and all this. So it was actually, it was a good exposure to like basically, you know, just a lot of our concepts. A lot of our concepts of what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman. But uh, gay men have greatly enhanced my life. What was it like being a gay man in Monroe in the 1980s? I can only only say from the outside looking in, but they basically had one gay bar, and it was famous for... I'm surprised about that. There there were rednecks. Once again, there are rednecks who would go out there sometimes and wait and jump people and assault them and beat them up because they were in a gay bar. Yeah. You certainly can't stereotype anything, uh, but you would have to think that if your your inner desires are against what society tells you should be, then that is going to be something that builds resiliency and, you know, tests your character and... You're just going to decide who you are, I would imagine, you know. Uh, It's easy. I I believe that we have, uh, we all have a spiritual blueprint, uh, like a contract that Mm. that we we elected to come back into this world. And we learn our lessons and we choose the people in our soul circle. We choose our parents. And so to be gay and be born in this world is one of the most courageous things that you can do. You know, you're here to set an example and to be fearless. So. Are you suggesting that before we're born, we get to choose our sexuality? Yes, 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 I do, 
Have you read Many Lives, Many Masters? I sure have. <laughs> I've read all of those things with uh, past lives. Yeah, yes. that one's fun. Yeah. And you, you can masturbate your do way you think he's into full of shit? spirituality. That's the main thing. Not you. I'm taking Not you. Me. You can. I can. You, you cannot. Can, we can't. Guys cannot masturbate no, I mean, their way into you know, higher power. I mean, you know, I mean, this is a whole other hour. We could talk about this well, all Well, we day. are going to have to talk about it for another hour because we've got to get out of here at this point and make way for paying customers, sadly. But this has been a pretty fascinating happy hour. I think we have yeah. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. I think we've all learned something here. Thank you very much. Thanks. Very much. Ivy Kansas. A-I-D-I. You can have, find a link to Ivy's work including spiritual path to uh, well, the masturbatory path to spiritual <laughs> enlightenment. It's meditation. It's, it's called what? The uh, clit, it's the clit, clit cupping. The clit right, right, sit right, meditation right. method. It is, it is, yes. Okay, the clit sit meditation method. Okay, mm-hmm. you can find that on our website. It's neworms.com. We'll have a link to that. And what's your website called, actually? Do you have one? Not really, no, not just, yet. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm working on it. I'm just working look on for it. You. Just Google clit sit. Yes, yes. Okay, don't don't Google it. You won't find anything on really? it. No, you probably you will. Okay, all right. You have to call me directly. Yeah, you will. <laughs> okay. And John A. Bear, thank you very much for being here, and thanks My for pleasure. all the love. Thank you. On behalf of all of us in New Orleans. Are you still doing it? Are you keeping going with it? I'm still doing it. Drew's out of it, so it's only me, so it kind of creeps along. But the thing is, compared to like all the years I spent working in psychiatric institutions and a lot of that stuff, for some strange reason, I think this is way more rewarding and doing more good than that. Right. Okay. Well, thanks. Keep going. Nice. John Lisi, nice to see you too. We can still always find you. John Lisi and Delta Funk down on Frenchman Street. And we're always the, somewhere. If you're, the if you're a hitman or the IRS, I'm in trouble. <laughs> yes, indeed. I'm always Easy somewhere. To find. Yes, indeed. Andrew Duhon continues work on his record. We didn't get to a song today. Oh, no worries, man. Next I'll, week. I'll have a new one for you next week. Okay. How about that? All right. Let's get back to that next week. Yeah. Thank you all for being with us. Thank you, too, to Basic Swim and Gym, where you can find a full range of fashion swimsuits. Workout yoga clothes with style, including bikinis, one pieces, and cover ups. And everything for beach. Don't cover up. Or pull, don't cover up. <laughs> don't cover you can up. find that on right next to Basics Lingerie. It's on Magazine Street near Jefferson Avenue. Thanks to the Hangover Destroyer, the only all natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover. Go to the Hangover Destroyer website, hdestroyer.com, it's called. And uh, write happy hour on the coupon code, and you too can get 30% off of Hangover Destroyer. And seize the dawn, the producer of our show. Is Graham DePonte. Our associate producers are Alison Moon and April Stolf. Christian Unruh is our music director and Jean Valois is our music producer. Thomas Walsh is our technical director. Are you going to play me out of here? And Andrew on harmonica. Our live feed director, if you've been watching this on Facebook Live, are Asher Griffith and Grayson Jernigan. You can go back and watch it on our It's New Orleans Facebook page if you'd like to see what we all look like. Our theme music is currently being played by John Lee and Andrew Duhon. The theme music at the beginning of the show was played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show and you can sit upright for about an hour while drinking cocktails, drop us a line. Our address is on our website. It's neworleans.com. We can also find other shows we make here, including uh, Out to Lunch with Peter Oshuti, live from Commander's Palace. True to the game with the very funny Chris True. Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans. Unlisted Nola, a way to buy an unlisted house in New Orleans and Louisiana Eats with Poppy Chucker. You can also find other great Louisiana podcasts at itsacadiana.com and itsbatonrouge.la. You can keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter and a bunch of other time-sucking social media as well and all of it we're called It's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our Facebook page. Those photos were taken today by Alison Moon. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app, Thanks for subscribing to us. Take a moment, if you've got one, to rate 
and review us. It only takes a moment, and it does help other people find us, actually. Our show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street in Uptown New Orleans. Come on down to Wayfair any time from 3 to 6 in the afternoon. They have a three-hour happy hour with half-price drinks and half-price food and a brunch on the weekends. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For Andrew Duhon, John Lisey, everyone else around the table here at Wayfair and back at our office at INO Broadcasting, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. I'll see you back here next week on Happy Hour. Yeah, Grant. Woo!